Do we believe that today? Do we believe that today? He has broken every chain. Do we believe that today? There is victory in the name of Jesus Christ. And He has broken every chain. I want to read something to you out of Romans. This is Romans 8, verse 15. It says, So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children adopted into His family, calling Him Father, dear Father. For His Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. He has broken every chain. We don't have to behave like cowering people, scared, fearful, regardless of what we've come in here with today. He can break that because that's who He is. That's our God. Can we say Jesus? Can we say Jesus? Victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Power in the name. Well, we just want to say welcome to everybody that's here today. If you're visiting with us, a special welcome to you. We're glad you're at Community Church. And uh, we hope today that God will minister to you, that He will speak to you, and that uh, He'll just touch your heart in a special way so that you will know that He just loves you because He does. But today, as we come into the house of God, let's just choose to honor Him because He's a good God. And He loves us so much. So can we just raise our hands right now? Father God, we love you. We love you. And we are here today because we want to honor you. You have done all these things that we just sung about. You have broken the chains. You have freed us. That's who you are. And Father, we come before you right now and we say, thank you. We love you. We want to honor you. We want to worship you today. So, Father, we choose to worship you with everything we have in us. So let's worship him today. You reign. You reign. You reign. In every area of our life, you reign. In Spruce Grove, you reign. In Alberta, you reign. In Canada, you reign. You reign in Jesus' name. All the earth is yours. Jesus. You know, I was just thinking as I was sitting down there, just as we were worshiping that right now in our midst, that living water is available again. We've been singing about holiness. We've been singing about freedom. And our freedom comes in Jesus Christ, the living water. And it made me think of so many times when I've been on trips, whether I was at Riding on Stone National Park, going on a hike in 33 degree weather. And I remember 30 to 40 minutes into the hike, didn't bring a water bottle. 
and just dying for water. And I remember getting back to where we were staying, and you couldn't stop me from finding water because I knew in that moment that's exactly what I needed. And I know for all of us in our journey and in our life, we know how important that is to sustain us. But here we are before the Almighty King, and He offers us this living water every single day. Right now in front of our faces. You know, Ben at one point was just saying, you know, if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with this, just stand up. You know, and he's right. Because the living water is right here. Regardless of where we're at in our journey, we have to keep drinking. And I know some of you are saying, I've drank though and I've drank and I, it's just nothing's happened. Well, you don't stop drinking then. You just don't stop drinking. You keep drinking. And that's what he's calling us to do. Is to continue to drink in the presence of God. To continue to worship Him. To continue to call Him by name. To continue to declare who He is. That He is worthy. That He is holy. That He is faithful. That's who He is. So Father God, today we say... You're a good God. We do say you reign. We declare you reign in this land in Jesus' name. No matter what the enemy does, you reign in this place. No matter how bad it seems or gets, you reign in this place. That's who you are. You reign. We're not going to give any power to the enemy. We're going to give it all to Him because He reigns. So, Father, we say thank You. Thank You. May we believe that fully in our hearts, that You reign, that You can transform any and every situation, everything. That's who You are. Can we say amen? Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. All right, so we got Matt and Carrie Blacklock speaking. I've known these guys for a while. I was thinking about it. I knew Matt back in grade nine, and I was a headbanger. Does everybody know what a headbanger is? Right? Some of you do because you were headbangers too, right? Hair down to here and all that stuff. I was that guy. And what were you? I was the cool guy. <laughs> Me and Matt, let's just say this. We were on opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> but we had a common thing. Uh, we love sports, and we got to know each other. Then all of a sudden, I got saved. And uh, this man is a faithful man. This man loves God. And I got to know Carrie, too, as a young adult. And I just know this couple is so faithful to the call of God upon their life. And uh, they keep battling it out and battling it out and battling it out. And so I know they have a lot to share and a lot in their hearts. So we welcome them in Jesus' name, right? I just want to carry on with what Diana said. Actually, Diana's included in this. Uh, A few weeks, and it carries on to... How, and this is all I'm really going to say as a message. Carrie's the one doing all the good speaking today, so. Um, uh, about how we can come together as one. And I just want to continue to encourage and bless. I, I see the church uh, doing it more and more and more. It's really awesome to, to see, uh, especially here in, in our church family. Like as Chris said, we, I've, I've been here since 1983. So sometimes people, hey, welcome to the church, because we're in Guatemala, so you never see us. Um, but 
uh, this is this is our home place too. So I've been able we've been able to see a lot of ebb and flow come and go. So it's 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 nice to growing up in the destiny of this church when it first started to see it coming back to and more and more to what God is 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 drawing out. So um, unity. Diana shared a few weeks ago. She stood up here when she spontaneously talked to that lady at Century Convenience. And as soon as she told me that story, if you, those who don't know it, she, she, she talked to the lady just down the street. How's it going? Oh, our business isn't going well. Hey, can I pray for you? And she prayed and blessed and encouraged her. As soon as she told that story, in my head is, I'm going to get a slush at Century Convenience, and uh, I'm going to tell her what I heard at church this morning to encourage her and bless her. So that's what I did. And maybe a few of you did that as well. Uh, I want to encourage you to begin to grab hold of those simple things when you hear a testimony. When you hear some, oh, that's outside of my realm. That's, I, I, don't, I don't really like slushes. I don't really go down that way. I don't, but uh, we hear stories of, of communities being transformed. And there's prayer. There's worship. I love hearing what, what's going on with the the Aswan in Ottawa and different things. But on the ground, on the feet, where you go, if we attach to one another, and if 50 people went to that same convenience store and said, this is what my uh, Diana said, I bless this, I pray for you, thank you. There's going to be something in that lady's head wondering what is going on. And those are simple things that we can do. Um, I'm a simple guy, uh, so I I like hands and feet kind of stuff. And I believe that's what God, I mean, I just encourage you. Throughout the day, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. So even if, uh, I just grabbed a hold of what Diana did. I, I, it was easy. It's like, ah, this lady from our church talked about you today, and I want to bless you too. It's not, it, I don't, you don't have to be a preacher. So that, that's my testimony. And we never know what those kind of things will do to people's lives. But it's the ma- it's a critical mass. It's the more people doing it. So, uh, I just think that's important. Um, we just wanted to share a bit of what we're doing in Guatemala. So, Matt, we do have a video. And many times, it was funny, uh, we were talking to a few people last Sunday. I won't name names. Um, that whenever they, oh, the missionaries are coming. Oh, the missionaries. That's a, that's a, that's a sermon to, to miss. Because back in the day, the missionaries were these old, boring people. With, with crusty stories or whatever. So I hope we're not old and boring. Um, but uh, we just wanted to show a quick video of some of the things that we do. Because, and at the end, there's, there's three of our staff members that share just what's happening in their lives and in the community. Because these, for us, these are not people that are pictures on the screen. These are our friends. These are the people that we've... Uh, did, done ministry with. These are the people we cry with. These are the people that we fight for stuff in, in, with in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in our area, our region. Um, so some of the things that we are doing that you'll see up there, we have a few, for those who don't know what we do, we're building a community center in, in Guatemala. Uh, we have two special needs clinics. Uh, we do sports ministry, dance ministry. You'll see Carrie dancing in the dump. Um, uh, single moms, works with a lot of single moms, and, and really uh, a lot of inner healing. So a lot of stuff that we do, 
you can't put in a newsletter. You can't take a picture of, oh, this is this person counseling this person. It's, but it's really wanting to bring a, a, a connection from the community to the church. Because there's a lot of people in Guatemala who may know about God, know God, whether they're Catholic or evangelical, but there's not the transformational faith. It hasn't gone in. There's no, there's no change in their lives. So we're just going to show a, a quick video and, and, and introduce someone new that you may have not have met before. Go ahead. So that's a part of our, our Guatemalan family. And uh, a lot of stuff that we've done here in Canada over the years, we're doing in Guatemala. So I th part of our organization here, we thought we'd do a youth center. We're actually building it in Guatemala. So... Um, if you can put up that picture, this is a, for those who don't know, this is Ruby and Amaya. This week, Ruby we've known for years, and last year she called us up, she's a single mom, and uh, said, hey, I, my situation where I'm with this guy is bad, can I come live with you? And we said yes. So it, it, she is our, our oldest, youngest daughter now. She's older than all our kids, but... She's our fourth, and that's Amaya, which we consider our granddaughter now. So uh, this is part of our heart is, is she's an orphan, a true, true orphan. But to be able to, um, to have her in our home, has it been easy? No way. But uh, you can see the change in her heart and the change in her life and her daughter. So, um, so that's an example, a bit of an example of, of the people that we know in Guatemala. And some of you have met some of those people. And if you're interested in coming down, please do. Um, and uh, I'll pass this off to Carrie. Good morning. <laughs> uh, what a presence of God we had this morning, you know. You know, that's beautiful. Uh, the reverence that we felt. Uh, the holiness of God that's in this place. I love when God sets it up so it's easy to do, to be his uh, messenger. Because uh, he, there's just such a beauty. I mean, I'm a seer type person. So when I'm worshiping, I'm seeing stuff. Uh, my spirit goes across the world. And I see different nations participating in what God's doing. I see the reverence. I, I, I see, like, nature. I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing, like, thunder and I'm seeing I'm seeing waterfalls and I'm seeing the majesty of God I mean we all experience worship in a different way and it just felt like this morning it was bursting out of hearts and some people I think it was bursting out of dry ground I saw cracks going through desert and I saw I saw um, I saw plants coming up and new life coming up and I, and for others just like full harvest and different ones are in different seasons and it's such a tremendous blessing, and it's such a privilege to be a part of the body of Christ, right? We are a part of his body. I mean, that's really intimate if you think about it, to be a part of somebody's body, you know? That's deep, and I'm just blessed. I'm blessed to be part of the body of Christ, but I just feel that... Um, you know, communing with God this week and just spending time in his presence, I just felt his heart. And he was showing me how he wants to restore and heal his body. You know, God takes care of his body. You know, I try. <laughs> I try to take care of my body. Uh, I am a dancer. I like to eat healthy. And, and some people call it exercise, but I like to play. So I try to different, find a different form of play every day. And, you know, rollerblading. Uh, running, uh, hiking, dancing, 
and I try to take care of my body, right? And that's my physical body. But there, we're a body, and we're a spiritual body. And God, God wants to do something in taking care of us and healing our bodies. And, you know, it breaks my heart because I just saw stuff. Um, last week we had our um, kids camp, and, and we were the... We were the phys ed teachers outside there in the backyard playing with the rowdies, and it was great, you know, and that's part, that's part of it. But um, Lanny had been talking about, for the kids, uh, pray for visions and pray for dreams and pray that your spirit would be opened up. And I'm, I always consider myself a kid in the presence of God, like who, who gets big when it comes to God? Nobody, right? So we're all these kids. And so in the presence of God, I'm like, yeah, give me visions. Give me dreams. Restore that to me, God. And, and this week I did. I, I did have visions and dreams. And so um, the title of my sermon won't sound really uplifting, but it truly is. <laughs> it's called Bitter Roots. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, give God a big clap because he's, he's the gardener and he's going to pull out some roots today. But clap for him. It's exciting. We don't have to be ashamed of any part of the Bible, you know, and, and any part of the story that we are in in the Bible. But to be completely honest, I think I was in a, in a, I think a lot of people are, and I was in part of a bitter root season. I could feel it. I could feel it um, over me. Uh, I would try to, like, <clears throat> have a good attitude, or not be despondent, or, or connect with God. But there was something that was just defiling. And I know from experience I've grown up in this house, and there's been lots of great, great teachers and I've, I've come under some really awesome teachings, and one was from John Sanford in the 90s. I, I learned about inner healing. And it's, it's something that God's really stirring up again in my heart, and I've started to, um, with a group of people, um, start raising up inner healers. And so God always, like, he does it on me first. Like, if I have to preach, it's going to come, it's going to, he's going to work it out. Like, I don't come up here if he... I let him, I'm the guinea pig, okay? I, I'm the guinea pig. So if this sermon's for me and two other people, great. But it's, God is testing this and he's working this out in my own life. But back to Lenny. So, okay, dreams and visions. And I had a dream and it was a generational dream. I won't get into the, the specifics of it, but I had my father and it and myself and my brothers. And there was a breaking off of bitterness off all of us in the simplest, most childlike way. You know, we go through life, we go through life in our different arenas, in our different families, in our different jobs, and things happen, and things happen that we can't control, and things happen that we don't like, and we think, yeah, I forgave, or I'm good, things are good, but we can start getting weary, maybe I, we don't jump in like we used to, like I was the type of person, like running full force off the cliff, didn't think about if there was enough water, that's the type of girl I was when these guys met me. And they could attest for that. I was crazy, you know. And uh, I, like last week, I wouldn't say I was that girl anymore. But that's who I'm supposed to be. Like a spiritual adventurer, you know. And I'm the type of person that you run down the path and be like, not that way, guys. Not that way, guys. <laughs> Wrong way. You know, because of that, that just passion for, for God. But I was getting a little crotchety. Is that a word? Crotchety. I haven't preached in English for a while, so give me grace. <laughs> so I was getting creaky, 
you know, like, I just felt old, you know, in my spirit, dusty, and God was showing me in this dream, and I said something really simple in the dream, and it was like, it was crazy. I just said, God loves the youth of the world. That was all I said. That's all I said in the dream. And I just saw bitterness fall off my dad, fall off my brothers, and fall off me. Weird line, right? You can't really, dreams are weird. But so I felt that, and I just felt this, like, something different between my brothers and myself and my dad. And I have a bigger family than that, but that was the ones that were in this dream. And it's not even that my dad is so bitter or my brothers are so bitter, but there is something over families. You know what? The enemy uses and why he he uses bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment is because he knows it defiles many. When that root sucks and uh, sucks stuff out of the ground, it's going to defile many. And it's just, we got to come back to the to the cross and understand the cross. And on the cross, we have to remember, it's like, take, I got to take up my cross daily to follow him. And you know why I have a cross? So I can die to the things that are going to defile many. So I can ask for forgiveness. I need to identify with that cross. I mean, it's a complete work. It's completed, but it's not here. It's completed in him, but it's not ap- applied to me completely. And I can get, like, I heard that sermon before. I've been around a while. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But I want to get back to that 18-year-old girl that didn't know the sermon before and was just ready to run with the passion for God, to abandon to God. These little kids, you get to watch them at camp, and they're like, yeah, they're, they're going for it. And, you know, a complete unbeliever, like, I don't even know why I came here. My mom dropped me off. Ugh, you know, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, Ira. Really? I'm too cool for this. Too cool for God. <laughs> okay. You know, but when you come into that God that he reigns, that he's over the earth, that he's living water, that he's powerful, it's not the same thing. You're like, no, I'm not too cool for that. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm up for that. You know, and that's where God is coming. And I really believe today that God has a word for you guys. I really believe today is a day that people are going to be released from bitterness. And don't be ashamed if you have bitterness. We all have bitterness. Come on. We do. We just do. There's areas in our lives that are, 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 are sucking on bitter waters. And there's areas of our lives, you know, if you eat a lemon, it's hard. I remember when we were kids. I'm so everywhere. But when we were kids, we used to do this game. It was the 80s, right? Everything's like, how tough can you be? How, how big of a punch can you take? And we used to try to eat lemons and not have a face, right? That was a thing. I don't know. In the restaurant, you're waiting for your food. And you're like, let's see if we can do this. So you're sucking the lemon. And you're like, on your face all. You can't stop it, right? Bitterness has an effect. And we can see it. We can read it. And God, and sometimes our faces, we can put makeup on. I can straighten my hair and be like, ooh, yeah. But God's reading our hearts, right? It's written on our hearts. You know, and our hearts have a story. Every one of you has a story. And, and uh, God's never going to discount the pain that you went through or say, and try to say that's he's fully with you in your pain. And he doesn't withdraw from messes. You know? He doesn't withdraw from messy situations and families and people that are estranged and husbands and wives that are just broken. You know, so I saw a few things in the spirit. 
I asked for the visions, and I got them. I got them this week. (laughs) So a couple that I saw, Lenny had said there was a gag order. In 2011, I had come back to Canada from Guatemala, and when I I landed in Ontario, I saw um, a young woman, probably about 15 to 20, young, gagged. And her hands were tied behind her back. I'm like, what's that, Lord? And it's just like there's a gag order over the youth of Canada, over the young people. I saw that. I started beginning to pray for that. Went to a few churches, and I'm like, wow, like the sound was so muted. You go to Central America, they have a sound system. I don't know why. I don't even know why they need one. They're so loud, but they have it, and it's loud. So you come back here, it's a big difference between, like they don't need it. Like each person sings loud. But I came back here, and it was like, he reigns, he reigns. It's like, not this church, but in Canada. And I was like, Father, just release the sound of the youth. Release their cry, release their hunger. I started praying for that. And then Lenny came and said that he saw that gag order, gag order over the youth. But we're gonna, we know that through, we'll release a word, that, that we'll break that off. But one thing that keeps us timid and keeps us quiet is bitterness, is roots of bitterness, because it defiles our ability to share. It defiles our ability to connect with one another. Like the enemy, the enemy knows this. And so that's one thing. Another thing I saw just was, uh, let's look at my notes. Um, Yeah, another thing I saw was just like uh, destinies, some hemorrhaging of destinies. Hmm. Yeah. The gag order, where are we? Oh, here we go. So I saw that. Then there are some, others are covered by a blanket of insignificance and not being seen. And this isn't just like, oh, I want to serve over here on one side, or I'm I'm a service person, I don't like to be seen. No, they were covered. Like that, and it was breaking down relationships with them because they have this big blanket over them and other people couldn't see who they were and they couldn't function in in their gifting and it was blocking their destiny. And it, it wasn't a personality thing. It was a wounding So I believe there are some of you that have been under a blanket of insignificance. Okay, that's not yours. It's not from God. And we're going to lift off blankets of insignificance today. Because I need, you need, we all need all of our brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers, uncles, aunties in the body of Christ operating, connected to the king and connected to each other. We just need that. I don't want wet blankets over my brothers and sisters because I love them. And it would break your heart as a mother or a sister or brother to see someone with a blanket of insignificance over them. And that could be people groups in our nation. That could be, it's bigger than we're talking about one church. For me, I'm always thinking global God's kids are all his kids, right? The whole world. So when we extend our faith to that, we want to break that blanket of insignificance off the body of Christ uh, the last thing I saw, oh, there's a few more. Some are, are hemorrhaging and cut out, cutting off, Mar, or not Mark, sorry, Chris, said this morning that some are hemorrhaging, some are cut off from the true source of life. They just can't get to the water. They can't get to the water. It's like something's tied around your back leg and the water's right there and you're like, I'm trying. 
trying to get to the water. And there, there's, there's, there's been a cutting off. There's been a wounding. There's been a hurt. It's just like it's available. A bitter root would say, the water is available to everyone else, but to me, no. That's what bitterness says. That's how bitterness talks to you. It's like that's available to other people, but for you, no. So we'll get into um, the teaching part of that because it's important to understand. Um, so there, there, some are silent and their cries are muffled. Many here are trapped in their relationships. This is really important. If you feel like you're trapped in a relationship. Trapped in their relationships, repeating patterns of loneliness and misunderstanding. There's marriages. There's people that have been in relationships for many years, a brother and a sister, estranged relationships, where there's just like we're repeating a pattern of loneliness and misunderstanding, I see two cu- a couple sitting and eating, but distance, right? And it's like, I don't even know how to talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a bitter root. Amen. So quiet, but that's good. I like it. <laughs> uh, we are in a place that seems hopeless sometimes and barren. Okay, but remember I was talking about the desert ground. It was cracking. And up from the ground is coming up new life. So let's listen to this verse because it's in the New Living Translation. Liam's going to love me because he's like, I like people who preach and they stay in their spot. (laughs) (laughs) Not like Chris and Carrie, right? We always walk. Okay, keep up with me, son. You got me? Okay. All righty. A dry desert. Let's, let's look at that dry desert. Let's everyone close our eyes. Close your eyes for a second if you feel comfortable. If you like to see with your eyes open, open your eyes. But We're in a dry desert. But God. See, I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. But then some responded, but no one will listen to me. God's promises are for others, but not for me. Women will always be controlling. There isn't enough time, money, energy, food, resources. These are the sounds in the desert. These are the desert sounds. These are the cries of bitterness. Men will always hurt you. Okay, you can open your eyes. Holy Spirit is going to come today. Holy Spirit is going to come today and show you your desert sound that he always does. He's 100% faithful. Every time I've asked him to show me a root, I had one. <laughs> Every time, 100%. He's 100% on that. And if you have trouble hearing from God, then just find a friend and pray with them. You know, take it out of being by yourself and move in with someone else. There's a little more light sometimes. But let me tell you, God will always show you your roots, and he will always show you. So now, I'm going to flip over. That was the prophetic, and I love it, and it's fun. Now we're going to do teaching. All right, so let's turn into our Bibles on your iPads, iPhones, whatever you got. Hebrews 12, 12 to 15. This is so easy speaking in English? Come on. 
great. All right, I'm going to read this. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Okay, this is what we get to do. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, and that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. So we're going to see to it. We are our brother's keeper. We're going to see to it that nobody falls short of the glory of God. You know, it's easy to maybe see bitterness in someone else, but to bring, to be the person that restores that person and brings healing is a whole different realm. That's a whole different story. I want to be a healer because Jesus is a healer. Okay, so we want to identify with who he is. If Jesus is a healer, we're healers. If he's a reconciler, we're reconcilers. If he's a king, we're kings. Right? I want to be like my dad. I remember being little when I was really little, looking at my dad. I'm like, I want to be big like my dad. I want to be strong like my dad. Yeah, I want to be confident like my dad. And so that's what we want to do today. So I was just seeing this as a picture of God is the great physician, our healer, our doctor. And I just saw him in his lab coat, walking around, great physician. And uh, he wants to heal our hearts. So he has this prescription today, he has this prescription pad, and we're going to learn from his word how he brings healing to our lives. This, this verse is just about freedom and healing and life. So we can get excited. I always used to teach when I was a director of a children's home, to children. Repentance is fun. Repentance is fun because we get to come back to God. So sometimes we had to do like group, what would you call that? Group um, discipline. <laughs> group discipline with 40 children. And I would get there. Discipline is fun. Repentance is fun. I'm going to give you an invitation. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to the living waters, to be restored the pain to come out. That's what I'm offering today. So repentance is fun. Talking about bitter roots is fun. It's good. All right? So we can be joyful about it. Um, So let's talk about God's laws. God's laws are perfect. God's laws are good. I love that about God. He doesn't have to do something and then change his mind. He's like, oh, gravity, what was I thinking? (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't work. He doesn't do that. When he, he's perfect, he's holy. And we came into the presence of holiness today. Did you feel it? The reverence and the presence of holiness. How safe is that? How safe is the presence of God? How perfect is the presence of God? When he gives us a taste of who he is and how he operates, it actually should make us feel like, wow, there's a really big open door to come in. Like, Jesus is the door, and it's wide. Getting there is narrow, but getting through is wide. Everyone can come through, but the way to get through is narrow. Does that make sense? That just came to me in the moment there. God's law of judgment not only applies to our conscious actions and thoughts, what we know that we know we're doing, right? 
when we know what we know what we're doing, we're like, yeah, God's laws are apply to that. But they also apply to what we don't see, feel, and understand as well. And that's how come bitter roots are sneaky. They're sneaky because they're hidden structures that we can't see. They're under the surface. It's like we can see how many gardeners are here. I know Jen. Look at you. Yeah. We can see the beautiful, beautiful gardens. We can see the flowers, the fruit, and everything. We can partake of them. But they all have very intricate and developed root structures and systems that drink life Um, nutrients into them so they can produce. So what are we drinking from? Because God's law is perfect. And one of his laws is we will reap what we sow. You can't mock God. Do not be deceived. Let me read that verse because it's so awesome. Where is it? Galatians. Anyone help me? If you get there before me. This is what they do in Guatemala. They get you to read it for them. (laughs) Here it is. (laughs) Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. So you're sowing unto your flesh and you'll reap from that place. But to the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. So this is really powerful. Every good gardener knows you wouldn't want, this is just common sense, to plant your garden garden over a toxic waste dump. You know? That's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. Ask the Holy Spirit, what's the toxic waste dump in my life that I've planted over? Because it's, draw, it's only going to draw from there. It can't be reversed. Once the law is in action, it can't be reversed. If I drop this open water bottle, which I won't, if I open this and drop it on the ground, what's going to happen? I can't reverse it. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Oops. No. It's set into motion. It's set into motion. So it will reap what has been sown That's goodness, that's God, that's holiness, that's great. But there's good news. But God. But God. He can show us what's in our hearts. So let's go up into, so we talked about roots. And here's my my definition. (laughs) A root is a practiced way we drink or receive nurture from nature, others, circumstances, and God. Our roots hide beneath the surface and are hidden from the adult mind. They're hidden from you. You don't see them. You need the spirit to reveal it to you. Okay? Um, I don't even know the thoughts and intents of my own heart. I don't. I don't know what they are. It says it clearly in the Bible that we do not even know the thoughts and the intents of our own heart. Only God knows and the spirit of God reveals it to us. So, I definitely can't know the thoughts and intents of Matt's heart. Can't. It's impossible. Even what he's motivated by, that's impossible. These are hidden things. They're below the ground, and the Spirit reveals it. Um, so, what are bitter roots? Are you guys excited? Who wants to know? 
because we're going to find some. I want you all to get rid of your bitter roots today. I'm so excited about that. I think we shouldn't be ashamed about that. As a body, we're mature. A lot of us have been walking together for many, many years. And I'm sure that we'd just be happy for us all to get rid of our bitter roots. Who wants to get rid of them? Like, yeah. Like, I used to have, like, almost 100% repentance at my discipline times because it wasn't, like, you're in trouble. Wait till your father comes home. With a demon voice, right? No, you guys have never done that before, but just... <laughs> what are bitter roots? Okay, the first one is our sinful reaction to hurt. Okay, that, that brings in some bitterness pretty quick, right? Number two, condemning judgments of others. There's only three, so it's not too bad. <laughs> Refusal or inability to forgive somebody. Okay, those are your bitter roots. So sinful reactions to hurt, condemning judgments of others, and refusal or inability to forgive someone. Those are bitter roots. Now I'll tell you what they're not. It's good to know what they are and what they're not. Okay. Who's the teachers in the crowd? Raise your hand if you're a teacher. Yay, teachers. I love teaching. Okay, what bitter roots are not? They are not the hurtful or terrible things that happen to us. Nor are they the sins of those who have wronged us. They are our sins. Okay? Number two, they are not powerful enough to overcome the free will of another, though they do defile. So that, that defilement really kind of just uh, contaminates and pollutes relationships to the point where there's severing and separation, all this stuff, okay? So I was, like, preparing this, uh, this week, and I just saw this picture. Our minds are like a movie projector. We project our hurt and bitterness on others. You always get that, like, when the one kid hits the other kid, and then the other one, it's like domino effect. He made me do it. And it's like, whose fault was it? And you can't find out. No, 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 because it's projection, projection, projection on everyone. And we think only kids do that, but no, 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 we do it too. I do it. I'm professional at that too. And I've even watched, it's like I'm watching myself do it and being like, this isn't even right. Like, you know, when you should edit your own mouth, but you don't. Matt can attest to that. He's like, you should. Okay. (laughs) We expect others to treat us according to the unhealed parts of our lives. We also expect other people to treat us according to the healed parts of our lives. So it's both. So if I feel like, you know, I'm just going to be blessed. People are going to want to help me. Life is good. God is good. That's what I get. People do help me. I'm like, yay, this is awesome. But if I'm feeling like no one's going to be there for me, I'm alone, I have to do this, I'm responsible, that also comes in. So... That is the depth and the power of a bitter root, right? So wouldn't we rather be drawing from that source of life like Pastor Chris said? Drawing from that spring that's always available, cleansing out the bitterness, you know? Some of us need a, a, a cleanse. I know I do. 
These judgments are what put in motion the reoccurring patterns of trouble and destruction in our lives. And I think we can all see different reoccurring patterns. It's like, I just keep going. <laughs> and then you're like, wait. <laughs> ah, same thing. <laughs> Got to get rid of the roots. You know, you can try a hundred different ways. You can read all the self-help books. You can get really, really smart. But we need to be a deliverer. We need God to deliver us. We need the gardener to rip it out, uproot it. That's what we're looking for. So where do bitter roots get their power? I like this question, and I thought the, an- the answer is a little different than I thought it would be. The power of the bitter roots comes from the unchangeable laws of God that cause us to reap what we sow. These roots are empowered by God's unchangeable laws. Therefore, listen, we are not victims of circumstance or captives of the enemy. You're not. You're not a victim of circumstance. You're not a captive of the enemy. You're free to turn and embrace God, and repent, and go to the cross, and he reaps what, or he reaps what you sow. In that moment, that's the power of repentance. That's the power of the cross. That's amazing. We don't have to work it out. We don't have to get pretty before God and, and study more for the test and get, get all perfect. No, we have to learn to turn. We have to learn to turn to him, and return to him, and return to him many, many times. Um, these bitter roots infect our minds with expectations. You know, you're just like, oh, it's going to happen like this again. And sometimes our brains, like, are sick. Like, do you ever feel like your brain's sick sometimes? It's like, oh, <laughs> my brain is sick. And then I remember at the beginning, the guy with the lab coat, the great physician, He's like, good, I got a remedy for sick brains, for sick minds. This even goes into, I've talked to many people, Christian and non-people, uh, non-Christian people about this, um, how these bitter roots hook into, especially, it's really fun to do with marriage counseling. They just hook into each other. And in families, you can see it really, really well. But these expectations are psychological practices in our nature. So what I say when I'm talking to non-Christians is this is called self-fulfilling prophecy. But they got that from God. Simply meaning, we push people to fulfill our picture of the way we think that things should go. Does that make sense to you guys? So you defile people, that bitter root defiles them to do what you thought they were going to do anyway. Could you imagine what that does in a, in a marriage? Two people coming in with bitter root expectations. It's not what God intended for relationships. It's not, but he's not like mad at you guys this morning about it. (laughs) He knew you were going to get dirty. It's like when you put your, your, you got a five-year-old and you're going to the wedding and you put on those nice pants, you know they're going to knee slide. That little boy is going to knee slide across the front and you're like, whatever. Like, we knew, moms knew that the boys are going to get grass stains. I don't know. If you're expecting your son not to get grass stains, then, oh, you're going to be disappointed. God knew that we were going to do this. 
So, other thing, how often do we re rehearse in our minds scenarios and how they're going to unfold before they even unfold? <laughs> Bitter root, expectancy. It's like, oh, I don't speak in front of people because, and, right? So, it's like, well, that really cuts you off from being able to do maybe what God's asked you to do because now he, he's limited. He's not limited in his abilities, but he's limited in his ability to interact with you. Because he will not override your will. Right? So that's a, that's a good one. We often do this, until, uh, uh, this until we have more faith in the scenario of the bad thing that's going to happen than in God's ability to set us free. Have you ever got yourself there? <laughs> Got yourself to a place where you're like, I have more faith in the bad thing that's going to happen than God's ability to set me free. I have, for sure. And then I try to make converts. Oh, yeah, because I'm a preacher. So I've got to keep using my gifts. So I'll try to make converts to believe in my bad scenarios. So now we all think that these bad things are going to happen. And I, ugh. it's funny, but it's not. It breaks my heart as a leader. You know, I'll just stop there because the Holy Spirit's touching something there. And I'm okay to stand as a leader and say, sorry for that. Will you forgive me for that? Where my bitterness has called you to come into agreement over death. And in the name of something that's not right. Forgive me. I stand on behalf of leaders who've done that who's used people's giftings and abilities, who've, who've misused their trust. Yeah. To, to prop up my own personal agenda. Forgive me. We want that to come out. Bosses, leaders, teachers, parents. We've misappropriated authority sometimes because of our woundedness because of my woundedness and I've had to sit with the Ishmael's I've raised up in my life and it's painful it's painful but I have to say to God you your ability <laughs> to set people free is greater than my ability to destroy people that's where my hope is that's where my hope is that's why I don't quit being a leader because of my imperfections, but I have to be humble and transparent and say, I've done that. I didn't, when Jesus was on the cross and said, forgive them for they do know not what they do, he meant carry and he meant all of us because we were going to do stuff. That when we are healed in that area, we were like, oh, wow. Like, we feel it. We feel the weight of that, but God, but God. But his great, great, great grace because it is so, so great. Ah, thank you, Father. Yeah. I don't know where I am. <laughs> so, okay, the scenarios. So right now, because of these things, because of those woundedness, because of the, the just anything that happened in your life, all of this stuff coming together, this is why we have so many feeble and we have so many disjointed and lame and we've all been those things in the body of Christ. 
That's why we have so many brokenhearted, and we want to see them um, restored. When Diana was talking about as one, as we are one, John 17, make them one as we are one. We are, intimately, we are the body of Christ, his body. He doesn't have a body on earth anymore in his physical body. He came. He lived his life on this earth in perfect union with the Father. In perfect union. And he fulfilled everything he came to do. And he died on the cross. And then he left us our crosses and said, now you, you're my body. Now you take it up and follow me. And now you complete what I have for you to complete on this earth. And the enemy's not happy about that. So he's like, I'm going to defile, I'm going to defile, I'm going to defile, I'm going to destroy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal. But the enemy's ability to steal, rob, and can destroy are not as good as God's ability to heal, restore, pour out, do something new. Amen. Let's get excited. Let's get all Central American like, woohoo! <laughs> yeah, you guys are awesome. So that's, that's what we're going for today. This is where we're, we're, we're focusing today. So I'm going to give you, I think it's really good to give a testimony or an example of this, how it all kind of plays out. And I always use my own life. I think it's right. <laughs> this girl I know, she was like <laughs> wanting to know something, you know. <laughs> so this girl I know, her name is Carrie. And I'm going to talk about my family. So family life, um, you can find a lot of bitter roots that usually comes in. Most of them are hidden to the adult mind because you make a lot of these judgments before you're about eight years old. And then you continue with them for the rest of your life. But they're hidden and you forget about them. And so when we're working in counseling, Jen has done this a lot, Della, there's lots of people, um, Diana, different ones who've worked in counseling over the years, have been with people praying in the Holy Spirit that they would see a judgment they made when they were younger that is now hidden from them, but they're still reaping years of this judgment that they don't even see. That's what we're going for today. So I'm going to uncover one of my judgments. And like I said, every time I pray to the Holy Spirit, since I was 19 years old, he has given me 100% what judgment I have. So I'm still in the journey. So when I was 8 years old, this was in the 80s, and um, there was a recession. It was kind of similar to what it is right now, kind of, in the country, the atmosphere of the country. So when I was 8 years old, my dad lost his company. He was betrayed by his business partner, and he lost his entire business. Uh, at the time, he had five children, the youngest being two, the oldest being ten. Um, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So you can imagine coming home with no business. You got a lot on your plate. Um, the mortgage rates were over 20-some percent. So just that's what you got to pay every month. Can you imagine? Like, what are ours, Matt? What are mortgage rates? 2.6. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. If you need to buy a house, you've been after service. But, yeah, so this was rough. To lose your business, have five kids, and be paying 20% on your mortgage, like, you're thinking, we're going to, we're going to be in the streets. You know? And it's not like anyone else really had money you could ask your buddy for it. Well, Matt's saying there's not much time. We're in. Are we good? Or do I need to hurry up? Am I good? <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Are we good? Okay. Five minutes? Okay. I'll try. I'll try. When I was eight years old, anyway, my dad lost his company. I'm not even getting faster. Can you notice that? I'm not trying to be rebellious. I'm not being rebellious. I just, it's my story. It's a bit of root. It's a bit of root. You can imagine the stress we were under as a family. My usually, my dad was strong. He was confident. He's A-type personality. He always, like, if you had a question, he had 15 answers, you know, and really fast. So I saw him. He was despondent. He was overwhelmed by the enormous responsibility of keeping his family afloat. My parents kept this from us, they thought, but you could feel it in the atmosphere. Like when your dad's not getting up and going to work, a little obvious, right? It's like, where are you going today? Oh, I'm just going to weld in the garage. It's weird. So that's what he was doing. Um, my mom and I went to work. I was eight years old. I remember starting my first job when I was eight. Uh, on weekends, and we cleaned uh, oil fields, uh, offices, and a car dealership. My dad was welding in the garage until he was forced by the neighborhood because it's dangerous to leave. Then he used his truck. That's all he was left with was his welding truck to try to go find odd jobs. Um, I felt this really strong burden in the family. There was lots of sadness. There was despondency. I, we, like, I could just feel the weight like coming in on our family. Um, I could see my mom getting really creative with her meal choices. <laughs> you know, and it was tough. And feeling wounded and rejected, I learned to protect my heart by becoming a helper. By working, I would lessen my burden on the family. So my, like, carbon imprint or whatever you want to say was less. But each of my brothers, there's five of us, so each of my brothers and sisters responded in their own way to this pain, to this burden, to what, we were, what was going on. And, I only re- and so I don't remember my little sisters because they were really little, but I remember my brothers. And one, um, they, were, they withdrew instead of helping. So the older ones usually kick in, right? Let's kick in and start helping in a family. My oldest brother was an, an amazing athlete, and I love him. He was great. Uh, it was very overwhelming for him, and he's a very peaceful guy. So he withdrew by just sports and being outside of the house and never being home. So my burden started going up. So I was, like, going to school, eight years old, helping, working on weekends, cleaning, cooking, everything. Like, I, I was coming off as more of a 12 or 13-year-old at eight. And so I made a judgment, and this was it. This is one of them, and it put all men into one little boat. (laughs) It said, boys only care about having fun, and you can't rely on them. What do you think that's going to do to a marriage? (laughs) Not good. (laughs) So... Anyway, my experiences with this, uh, my experiences with my family formed a picture, okay? And this is one of, my, one of my bitter roots. Now, then I come along later, and I get married. Matt, who by nature is very servant-hearted, he's very, um, very caring, but because I had this bitter root, my judgment came true. So I'm defiling him to just go have fun. Like, Matt's responsible, He's faithful. He's like a golden retriever. So you have to work really hard to make him not be helpful. But I succeeded. I made him not helpful with my bitter root. 
And this is how I, uh, so I, I didn't know it. I didn't know it was, uh, it was in my life. And so my one day, and this is a funny day. So one January afternoon, it's freezing. It's the long weekend. And Matt tells me, I'm going to go skiing. He doesn't even like skiing, so this even bothered me more. But I'm going to go skiing with my buddy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Like, you guys have fun. I'll just stay home with the three kids under, you know, four and take care of them all. No problem. I'm good with that. So Matt goes uh, on this ski trip. But what happened that day is our furnace, and it was a long weekend. It's January, or no, February long weekend. It's freezing in the house. And now my furnace doesn't work. I phone Matt, and he's like, well, you have to deal with it. I'm like, well, it's like nobody's working, and it's going to be time and a half. I was fuming. I was angry, so I went to my friend's house to complain about it and to get some people on my side. And, you know, misery likes company, and we did this. And, and when I was there, another young woman was there, a young mom, and she challenged me. She's like, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Can't you handle this yourself? <laughs> What? And she was. She was the messenger from God. She's like, can't you handle this cell? Like, isn't God big enough? Like, you're at someone else's house. Wait till your husband gets home and get the thing fixed tomorrow. Big deal. Well, yeah, if you don't have a bitter root, it's not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) So her words were true, but they hit the wound in my heart of abandonment that I was going to be left with the work. Like, and they're going to go play, and I'm going to be left with the work. And it was, it was, I cried bitterly. Like, I went home, and I just cried and cried. I, like, made a, like, some sort of supper and tried to get the kids to go to sleep and just waited for Mac and fuming. But before he got there, the Holy Spirit dealt with my heart. Thank God. And he got rid of that, that bitter root uh, expectancy. Boys only want to have fun, and you can't rely on them. And so... Through that, this is, we're wrapping up now. I don't know if that was five minutes, but. <laughs> to treat these bitter roots, we have to recognize them first. Sometime you're going to get a girl that's going to be like, what's your problem? It's not a big deal. It's like, we're warm, we're fine, tomorrow we'll deal with it. You're going to get that person, mm, they agitate you into the presence of God. And thank God Matt was gone. That was a window of time. It was like out of character for him. He doesn't even like skiing. Like I think he's went skiing five times in our marriage. But he went skiing that day. And thank God. Because he came to me and he was able to. And I have more than one bitter root. But he he dealt with that bitter root in my heart that night. And so first we have to recognize them. I thank God for that young woman. I'm still friends with her today. I don't even think she probably remembers. (laughs) Now that when we can see, we can choose. When we can see what's going on, when God takes the blinders off, then we can choose. And that's when I chose to turn, and I chose to repent, and uh, do prayers of forgiveness. So I asked God to forgive me for making the judgment, and that was uprooted. I forgave my brothers for abandoning me, for leaving, for not helping. And... um, and then I forgave God even for thinking that he, he, he let our subject our family to all this and, and just went through all those prayers. John 20, 23 says, If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. <laughs> okay, simple. <laughs> then you come into prayers of death. 
We need to demolish the structures of the judgments and the expectancies, all our habits, their habits, their attitudes, their natural reflexes. You're not even thinking about it. It just happens, okay, because it's coming out of your nature. So it's natural. (laughs) So we don't even see that it's a problem. But we need to bring those to death on the cross. And so Luke 9.23, here's a verse for that. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, so we got that cross to die to stuff. Thank you, Jesus, for your cross. And then we say Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, and the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So give your stuff to him. It's like sometimes I'm Matt, he's my favorite pastor, and he has, like, his sermons are like, two minutes sometimes they're like one line and he'll say to us is like if all we have is garbage bags full of garbage to bring to the cross bring it and that's what we're doing with this our bitter roots are just garbage like who like if I went today and pulled up a bunch of roots out of my garden and went to Jen here's the roots she'd be like thanks but God gets really excited about that Okay, so we can bring our roots to him. Um, Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Galatians 5.24. Lord, help us bring these practices to death to the power of your cross. Help us today. And I want to pray with people who want to bring those structures to death on the cross today. Um, We need to, after we've run them to death, we need what? We need resurrection life. You know, like if your cup's broken so you haven't been able to drink from the living waters, God's going to give you a new cup, you know, so that you can draw from the cistern of life. Lord, restore to me. and Be specific. Be specific when you're praying. The ability to trust in others, to know that they love me, that they are there for my good. And, or you can say, Lord, reverse the old pattern and cause its glorious opposite to happen. Restore life. So we know the healing is complete. This is how we know when our hearts are filled with gratitude. When you're thankful, you know. That's when you know you're done. (laughs) Because you're just like, oh, yeah, the cross. Yeah, good. God is good. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. We're not even looking at the misery of the destruction of maybe what happened, but just, oh, God is good. But God, but God. So that is... That is my sermon. <laughs> That's our teaching. And so I think we can, we can do corporate. Do you think that would work? Corporate. So if you would like to, I want to invite you. It's an invitation. It's an invita- invitation. If you want to break off a bitter root judgment, something in your life that's, that's hurting you, stand up and we're going we're gonna to pray together. Together. As a body. Amen. And we're going to do the repeat after me prayers. We haven't done these for a while. (laughs) All righty. So if you can hold your hands in front of you, it'd be great. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. So... 
Repeat after me. Father, I bring you my bitter root, and I bring you my bitter root judgment. And I recognize that if I don't bring this to you, it's going to defile many. Forgive me, Father, for judging, for condemning others, for my sinful attitudes and reactions towards others. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I allow you to uproot this bitterness and bring it to death on the cross. And every structure and mindset and um, stronghold that's associated with this bitterness, I bring it to death on the cross. And I receive, by faith in Jesus Christ, the ability to be restored and united and connected to the body so that I would walk in my purpose and my destiny. And I would praise you and be full of gratitude because the work that you've begun in me, you will bring to completion. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, we're going to close, but uh, Matt and Carrie are here. If you want some personal prayer, I know they'll want to pray with you. So don't rush off if you want that prayer, right? Maybe this is something that is just really on your heart, and you've been doing this, and you've said the corporate prayer, but you just need that encouragement. You need uh, just to have that individual prayer. Please, please do that after the service. But I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you. And I pray that he would guide you this week in everything you do, that he would make you aware of what he's aware of and that he would just bless you in Jesus' name. So be blessed, say hello to one another, and please come on up for prayer.